Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. We're both up here this morning. How exciting is that? So buckle up. We've got three hours to go. <laughs> Everybody's like, is that a joke? <laughs> It's a joke. It's a joke. Um, good morning. It's good to see you all this morning. It's good to be together in church, isn't it? Six people thought so. It's great. By the end of the service, you'll all say, yes, it's good to be in the house of God. Uh, we're in the Lord's house together. We're starting a new series today um, called People, You Gotta Love Them. And here's what I love about this title is you can say it one of two ways, okay? You can either say it demonstratively, like just it's a fact, like people, you got to love them. You have to. You don't have a choice. Or you can say it like people, <laughs> you got to love them. Like what are you going to do? They're here. You got to love them. And so we're talking about people. Uh, we're going to talk about what it looks like to have people in your life, relationships, kids, marriages, family, friends, all those different relationships because most of or a big chunk of the problems you have in life, the hurts, the wounds, the, the joy, the feelings, a lot of that's going to come through people, right? Oh my gosh, are you guys here? <laughs> yeah, okay, just making sure. It's going to come through people. And so we want to talk about what the Word of God says about how to live life successfully with people so that we can be lights in the world as we go around and people can look at our marriages, they can look at our kids, they can look at our friendships and our relationships and realize that because of Jesus inside of us, there's something different. And they say, hey, I want what you have. You like people, so I should spend time around you and find out why you like people. Um, and to illustrate this, I want to do something we did in the first service. Uh, and I, this, is, this is crowd participation moment. So please don't fall asleep yet. You get to participate right here, right now. And here's what we're going to do. In a second, I'm going to put on the screen, well, I'm not going to. Our computer guys are going to put on the screen a uh, uh, fill-in-the-blank phrase, okay? And here's what I want you to do. I wanted, in the first service, I wanted everybody to shout this out at the same time, but it was hard to, like, understand what they said, right? Yeah. So let's, let's just, like, there's going to be fill in the blank on the screen. I'm just setting this up. There's going to be fill in the blank on the screen. And when you read it, I just want you, like, if, you, if you're up for it, to just shout out the first response to the, to the blank. Do you understand what I'm saying? Fill in the blank. And I don't want the churchy response I don't want the Jesus response. I want the real response. I want, I want the first response you have before you have the refined Jesus response. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so in three seconds, we're going to put it on the screen. Let's do it. Yeah, we're going to do it. In three seconds, we're putting it on the screen, and then you just shout out your first response. Got it? Okay, three, two, one. She said nuts, right? No, she said fun. Oh, fun. I thought you said nuts. Sounds like someone who had a birthday party last night. (laughs) People are nuts. Oh, what else? Okay, what else did somebody say? I couldn't hear you that time. Great. Okay, great. What else? Good. Good. Okay. Are these, wait a second. Are these your first responses? (laughs) Crazy. Now there's Weird. an honest woman in the back. She said crazy. crazy. <laughs> Weird, yes. Okay, so we have all different responses to people are, don't we? Like we all, honestly, your first response is probably like something different than fun or wonderful. Or the, best, the best thing in my life. People are the best thing in my life. We all have different responses at different times in our life. When I did a Google search for this, you can look on Google and see what people are searching for. And the, the most common things were, why are people weird? Why are people angry? Why are people rude? Why are people mean? Not why are people the best? And so we're going to spend some time over the next few weeks talking about people in our lives, relationships in our lives, what that looks like, how we have those relationships 
successfully through the power of Jesus Christ. Because truthfully, guys, it's only through Jesus Christ that you can truly navigate life and relationships successfully. On, On our own, man, you can live. Listen, if you were all by yourself, you would have a great problem-free life. You'd be lonely, but you, you would not have anybody fussing at you. You wouldn't have anybody telling you what to do. You'd have nobody telling you what was wrong with you. You would just think you're the best person alive. But as soon as you introduce even one person into that equation, problems are going to show up. But it was God's design, right? So we can look at the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and your Say that again. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as. And then later on, if you see in John, it said, in a new commandment I give to you, love them as I have loved you. So that as we're walking through life, this is how it's supposed to work, that we actually get better at this. (laughs) That's how it's supposed to work, you know? So when you're Garrett, and and Jenny's age, Garrett, just wave your hand. When you're their age, you know, they're, you know, I'm sure, and I hope that you're better at this than I am because I got some things I got to learn along the way, and I got some people, you know, that I need to call and ask for help, you know. But this was God's design. Some of this is life is messy, but we have Jesus. Amen. And we're going to grow in this. We're going to grow in our anointing. We're going to grow in our love. We're going to grow in our forgiveness and our patience and our kindness so that we're not just, you know, we were talking about this the other day, actually, about, you know, you can be filled with the Spirit, but are you modeling the fruits of the Spirit in your life, right? Yeah. It's different. Yeah, I'm, I've, I receive the Holy Spirit. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. But I'm living, am I living a life that is evidence of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life? That's different. So, Yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks. Today, we're going to talk about parenting. Now, listen, half of you, half of you like instantly like, I don't have kids. Or my kids are grown, so I might as well go get some sandwiches right now because this doesn't apply to me. Lock uh, the doors. Yeah, wrong. <laughs> Listen, this message is for all of us, and we're going to begin to work our way through this. Whether you're at the very, you've never had kids, you don't, you're a child yourself, you don't have kids yet, uh, you have little children, you're just starting out, you're in the middle of parenting, you've got teenagers, or you have grown kids, and you're a grandparent now. There are still things that we're going to talk about that apply to all of us today, and so we're going to work our way into this, and, and I want to do this as well. Like, we just did People are fill in the blank. I want to ask you this question, and you can fill in the blank as well, right here, right now, out loud, super loud, so we can all hear, okay? Uh, I want to ask you this. Parenting is what? Hard. 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 That that was honest. (laughs) Sounds like we have some real parents in the house. In the first service, before I could even get out parenting is, I was still saying the syllable from the word is, and somebody was like, a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) And we were like, yes, this is real. (laughs) Parenting can be a nightmare, can't it? I think if we... But we've got Jesus. Yes, we've we've got Jesus. So today we're going to talk about parenting, and we're going to talk about a couple different aspects of it. And listen, I, I want you all to listen and pay attention today. Whether you really, you don't have kids yet, you're a kid yourself, or, or you say, I'm beyond this. We are moving into a day and an age in society where it is all hands on deck. So maybe you're like Gene and Jeff, and you don't have uh, kids that you have to spend every day making dinner for anymore, and you're driving around to the mall. I don't think you're making dinner for your kids every day and driving to the mall, but maybe you are. But when you're at that phase, it's still a day and age where, where we need every generation working together to produce a generation after a generation after a generation that is growing in the things of God. Amen. You know, like the enemy has waged war on this next generation. And, you know, we know that scripture, the kingdom of God suffers violent and the violent take it by force. Parents, we need to be taking it by force every single day. John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. And Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life. So that's why I keep saying, but Jesus. But we need to be very aware that we have an adversary called Satan who is just preying on our children. He's preying on on our on on grandchildren so this isn't this isn't just a series on family or relationships this isn't just a, a teaching today on parenting is that we are waging war with the word of god 
for the next generation. Amen? Amen. This is about heritage, it's about legacy, totally, it's about totally. raising future generations. So here, the first thing I want to share with you is in Psalm chapter 145, verse 4, it says this. Open your Bibles there to it, and let's, we're going to read this together. Um, and it says, let each generation, say each, each generation, tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. What I want to tell you about this first, before we go any further, is that parenting may change, but it never ends. Once you become a parent, you are a parent until the day that you go home to be with the Lord. And it changes in different seasons, and it looks different ways, and you, you, you come in and you work at it different ways. But once you become a parent, you are a parent forever. Yes. All right, it says here, this verse says, let each generation tell its children. So every generation is commanded to tell its children about the goodness of God in their life. Listen, grandparents, older parents, parents with grown kids like me and Jen, we have a responsibility to continue to speak into our children's life, to continue to speak about the goodness of God to our kids so that they don't just hear deafness and they, they don't hear anything, they don't see anything, and it's a moot topic. We need to continue to speak to them about who God is, what God says, what God wants to do so that they hear us declaring the goodness of God from one generation to the next. You understand? We all have a role to play. It doesn't matter how old you get. Once you put on that, that, that role, role and that title of a parent, you're a parent until you go home. You got it? You got, got it? it? Write it down. Write it down somewhere. Highlight it. Write it in the air. I don't know. Do whatever you got to do. All right. So then I asked myself, as I was getting ready for this, I said, I says to myself, <laughs> guy, I says to myself. I wish we could preach like this for <laughs> I says, I says, <laughs> yeah, so what is parenting, you know? And so I went to go look up parenting in the dictionary to find out what Webster's tells us parenting is. Yeah, and I feel like this first definition that Webster's we gives us. We gotta bring us, it back, you guys. Yeah, Webster's kind of really dumbs it down, like just brings it. So this is, this is literally the definition in the dictionary. The raising of a child. Oh, great job, dictionary. And so I wasn't satisfied with that definition. I was like, this isn't good enough. This is just stating the obvious. And so we went old school and went back to Webster's 1828. Let's just call it the real dictionary. It's the real dictionary. Like there's scriptures in it and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A dictionary with scriptures in it, yes. So in Webster's 1828, here's the definition of parenting. The duties of parents to their children are to maintain, protect, and educate them. So you see the modern definition is raising a kid. Raising a kid, that's parenting, you're, you're raising a kid. Webster's 1828 says, actually, there's more to it. Let me really break it down for you. And the role, the duty, the responsibility yes. of parenting is to maintain, protect, Amen. and to educate Amen. them. You have a God-given honor and responsibility when you become a parent to steward the children that the Lord gives you. They're not your kids. That's right. Maybe you got the joy of creating them and the joy of having them be a baby, <laughs> but they're not your kids. We say, this is, this is my son, this is my daughter, these are my kids. Sure, and that works. But in reality, these are the Lord's children. These are his people, and you are stewarding them for him, helping to raise and nurture them in the way that they should go. Come on. Are you smelling what I'm cooking yeah, this morning? I, I feel the Holy Spirit. You can talk in the microphone. Yeah, I'm just... Okay. <laughs> so, <I will>. oh, <laughs> okay. This is a three-stranded cord, this definition. It's like three aspects that are woven together to make a strong cord. And so we're going to talk about these three aspects quickly here. And we're going to talk about maintaining, 
protecting, and educating. And this is the role. So if you don't have kids yet, one day when you do have kids, this is the role that you will step into, that you are called to protect, to maintain, and to educate. If your kids are growing, this is where you're at right now. Right? This is what you're called to do. And if your kids have grown and you've got grandkids now, your role, like it says in Psalm 145 that we just read, you are called to come along still and parent your children. They, they, you don't parent them the same way. You don't drive them to the mall. You don't drop them off. You don't buy all their clothes and their shoes. You don't cook all their groceries. You don't do all those things. It changes. Now you come along and you're able to offer insight and wisdom. And as they're parenting their kids, you can come along and say, hey, I've been here before. Let me tell you how this is going to play out. You may think you're doing a really nice, kind thing, and you're just being a big, loving parent, and you don't want to put any boundaries around your child because you don't want to constrain them. Let me just tell you how that's going to turn out. That is our role now. As your kids get older and you have grown children, your role now is to help them see where you, because you've gone before them, help them see what maybe they don't see yet. And, and that's not a secondary role. Well, I'm a grandparent now. Listen, you're a parent to your kids, so keep parenting them. Keep leading. Keep leading them to Jesus. Keep leading them to the Word of God. Keep, keep helping them to step in all that God has for them please. You know, and um, like Josiah is 21. He's in the back. He was playing drums today. Sydney was singing today. She's going to be 24. And my kids still need me to be their parent. I am not their friend. It was one of the best things that my mom said to me when I first had Sydney because I was very, I was a very young mom. I would even say now I probably wasn't ready to have kids. We say she was my wonderful surprise and she really has made me more like Jesus more than any other person on this planet because she's like looking at a mirror every single day, you know, and I love her to pieces. But Sydney doesn't need me to be her friend. Sydney needs to lean on me, not the other way around. And it's my responsibility to be her parent. It's Jake's responsibility to be her, to be her parent. And, you know, like there's an anointing and grace on our life to parent our kids. Amen? Yeah. There's an anointing and grace on your life to parent your children. And not just, not just parent them, but parent them well. Parent them with the word of God. Parent them filled with the Holy Spirit. Parent them with, with wisdom and with knowledge and Holy Ghost power and understanding, you know, but I don't, I don't have the grace and anointing to raise Kelly and Mike's kids and vice versa. They don't, that's my responsibility. Now we can help one another and we can encourage one another, but Jake and I, and and I, and I carry a, a very huge amount of the fear of the Lord for how we've parented our children, you know, is that we're going to have to stand before the Lord one day and give an account for that. And these are the kind of things you might be seeing that being, oh, I never thought of that. Well, you're going to think about it today, okay? Today is a good day to begin thinking about it is, you know, what do I want my kids to look like? Who do I want my child to become? Do I want my child to become like them? You know, just as Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Would my child become more like Christ by looking at my life? These are the things that have always put the fear of the Lord into me and not that I've done it perfectly. And here's an encouraging word for, for all of us in the room that Jesus makes up the difference. We do the best that we can by the mercy and grace of God, but Jesus makes up the difference. But your child, okay? Now, I know there'll become a day and age where Sydney and I will probably be more friends and she'll need a parent, but we haven't hit that stride yet. And I know very much, and I'm very aware of that, that she needs to lean on me, that I need to be a strength to my, my daughter. Amen. Okay, so we're going to look at a couple of scriptures, and as we do, I want you to pay attention to who the scripture is talking to and who it's being directed to, who, who's, who is getting the responsibility in this scripture, okay? Because here's the deal. I'm going to tell you right now, the answer is not your kids. In the verses we're going to look at, all the direction, all the wisdom, all the insight, all the leading is directed to the parents. It's the parents' responsibility. You're the parent, they're not. Can I just say, like, you don't need to sit down with your kids all the time and, like, let's have a discussion and come to a conclusion on this together. Oh, guys. You're the, you're the parent. You're the one that has to be responsible for them. You're the one that has to say, this is what's happening. Don't, don't say to your kids, what do you want to do? What do you want to see happen? How do you feel about this? 
Here's, honestly, here's what you need to say to your kids sometimes. I don't care how you feel. This is what we're doing. <laughs> I don't want to go to church. I'm tired. That's nice. We're all tired. Get up and get your clothes on. I don't want to eat my vegetables. Neither do I, but it's what we do to have a healthy body. So guess what? You're sitting at the table until you eat all your vegetables. Why? Because I'm the adult and you're not. And I can make you because I'm training you up in the way that you should go. Come on, preach. So fun, isn't it? <laughs> Lydia's like, what am I doing here? I felt kind of bad for our children because they got a double whammy when they inherited. Well, they didn't inherit us, but. Nope. Yeah, we're both. <laughs> okay, so Proverbs chapter 19, verse 18. We're going to look at this scripture together. Uh, the first thing we're going to look at is maintaining. So I want to tell you, first off the bat, the word maintaining, I looked this up in the dictionary, and uh, the word maintain means to keep from failure or decline. So when the, when the dictionary definition said that you're called to maintain the responsibility, the duty of a parent is to maintain um, your children, that word means that you're supposed to help keep them from failure. That's what maintaining is. How do you help keep your kid from failure? Well, Proverbs 19 verse 18 says this. Remember, pay attention to who this verse is talking to. Discipline your kids while there is hope. Otherwise, what does that word say? Who's it talking to? Yeah. You will ruin their lives. Nothing like the word of God for some great encouragement <laughs> on a Sunday. Discipline your kid while there's still hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. Now, that word discipline in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word um, yesar, and it means to, to discipline, to chasten, to instruct, to teach, to punish. And it's used, the context is, it's a word that has two real big meanings to it. Okay, listen to this. It's got two real big uh, they call them poles, and the definition, it calls them like a pole, like this pole and this pole, and the two poles are holding the tent up is what they're saying. And what these two poles are is a pole of discipline and a pole of instruction, and it takes both of these poles to hold the tent up, all right? So it's going to take your discipline, and it's going to take your instruction to raise your children so you don't ruin their life. Do you know the word of God here is saying that if you don't instruct your children, if you don't discipline your children, you run the risk of ruining their life? I don't want to discipline my kids. Thanks, Gary. I don't want to discipline my kids. I just love them. They're so cute and they're so, yeah, they're so cute and they're so wonderful when they're like one years old and when they're six months old and you snuggle them and you cuddle them and they come to bed with you and they don't, they're babies. But when they're seven years old and they're nine years old and they're 12 years old and they're screaming at you and they're telling you they hate you and I'm going to do what I want to do because you can't tell me what to do because it's 2023 and I can be what I want to be and I can go where I want to go and you can't stop me. You're infringing on my rights. You don't have no rights yet. You're a child. <laughs> he says you can ruin your kid's life yep. if you don't discipline them. Yep. Yep. Discipline is instructing and disciplining. Bring, please, please, please listen to me right now. Please, I beg you. I, 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 if I could get down on my knees and beg, if it would help, I would do it. Discipline your children. Teach your children. Set them up for success. If you do not do it, listen, one day you're going to have kids. One day you're going to have them. It's going to happen. Chances are when you have those kids, teach them, discipline, instruct them, set them up for success in life. Don't let your kids run around yelling no at you all the time. No, 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 no. Isn't it cute? No. It's not cute. Maybe it's cute when they're a baby, but when they're 16 and you're saying, come home, it's 3 a.m., it's not safe where you're at. No. Then what are you going to do? Discipline It's them. evidence of our love for them, right? Yes. Because we can even look at scripturally in the Bible is that because the Lord loves us, 
He disciplines us. And I'm thankful that I have a good, good father that disciplines me and doesn't just let me ride off into the sunset on my proverbial horse to just messing things up, you know, that he slaps me on the side of the head before it actually, you know, before it gets too far. But as parents, we need to understand, like, we hear discipline, but there's such a disconnect between love. Like, discipline is bad. Love is good. But it's one. It's part. It's all the same. Is that because I love Josiah when he was young? I would discipline. Josiah doesn't get disciplined now like he used to when he was young. He got a spanking last night. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But because we loved our children, you know, now they have a healthy view as well of the love of God. Amen? Yeah, it matters. Yeah, it, it absolutely matters. And guys, here's the thing. Here's why we're talking about this. Because the world is quickly and vastly separating from the values and the beliefs that we hold so dear. And if you're not quick to correct, if we're not quick as a church to realign ourselves with the word of God in 50 years, we're going to grow up with people who cannot they can't handle the word no. They can't handle being corrected. They can be what they want to be. They can go where they want to go. Nobody can tell them anything else. We're going to be in a world of hurt, and the church will be powerless to be who God has called it to be. We must realign ourselves. We must raise a godly generation who knows the word of God, who understands the word of God, who is surrendered and submitted to the word of God so they can do and be all God has called them to be. And it all starts with parenting. It. You know, I was saying this in the first service. They may not be saying, I want discipline. You know, I don't remember saying it like that as a child, but I was sharing this in the first service. I can remember, you know, one time that my mom had disciplined me, and I remember having this conversation. It was so clear, and just being like, I just feel so clean. Like, I didn't say actually thank you for disciplining, but I remember just feeling so clean and so right with the Lord because I felt convicted about what I had done. So I needed my parent to take it to that next step and help correct me, you know. But I can also, I was, I was thinking about this actually between the services is that um, we have a friend, I, I don't want to name the names, but we were all like best friends growing up. And I can remember him saying to me one time, he's like, your parents sure check up on you a lot. You know, they, they sure like do this and that to you. He's like, I wish my parents would do that to me. I think it's in our heart, you know, just like the Lord put eternity in our heart. Our, our kids, like, there, there's, there's inherent um, things in their heart for boundaries, for correction, for discipline. They need you to be those bumpers on the bowling alley, right? You know, who's not very good at bowling? I'm not very good at bowling. <laughs> but, you know, like, our kids, they, they need that. And this is something that we need to vigilantly guard and protect, you know, Genesis 1.28 says, be fruitful and multiply. That was a commandment from the Lord. Well, it doesn't just start, stop there, that we have to nurture the multiplication that we brought into the world and tend it and keep it, amen? That's right. Okay, so I want you to turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're going to start reading in verse 6. The second word in that definition was the word protect. And... I want to tell you that the way you protect your kids, one of the ways you protect them is from teaching them the word of God from a young age, from filling them with the word of God, from putting them in an environment where the word of God and what God says and what God thinks and what God believes is everywhere they go. Deuteronomy chapter 6 in verse 6 says, And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your kids. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. What is this talking about? This is talking about creating an atmosphere at home that is so saturated and so full of the understanding, the presence of God, and who God is that everywhere you go and all your conversations are centered around and God is part of those conversations so that the only time you come to church 
or when the only time that your kids hear you talk about God isn't when you just come to church. That when they go home, they're talking about God. They hear you talking about God. So that the only time your kids don't see you opening your Bible is on Sunday mornings. They see you at home with the word of God open. They see you talking to each other about the verses they are reading. They see you talking about what God has done. They're talking about who God is and what's God doing in their life. That they are living literally everywhere they go. They are in an atmosphere that is saturated with God. Right. So that's just not like, oh, that's dad and mom's thing, but not my thing. Uh-uh, baby. This is our thing. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen? Yeah, this is a we thing. That's right. It's a we thing, and it's creating that atmosphere where they are part of it. The first thing it says is repeat them again and again to your kids. When I was growing up, I used to hate this. There were certain things that my mom would do, and we, we used to walk in the front door, and as soon as we'd walk in the front door, you know you're a teenager, and you just throw all your stuff on the floor, your school bag, your shoes, your coats, your whatever. You, yeah, blah. You, you, you walk in the door, and you explode. Like, everything falls off. And then my mom would appear out of nowhere. I think you maybe heard me say this before. And she would literally like appear out of nowhere. It's like she was hiding in a closet. She'd like <gasps> pop out. She'd be like, everything has a home. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Listen, guys, it drove me up the wall. But do you know what? She repeated that to me so many times over and over and over. Do you know, let me tell you, that is ingrained in who I am. I come home now, and I don't say that phrase to my family. Oh, no, he lives it. I, I live it. I'm telling you the God's honest truth. I live it. I will not sit down. I'll walk in the door. I won't sit down and chill out until everything is put away where it goes. I won't relax. If I walk in and I put something at the door and I go upstairs, I can't relax until it's in its home. And then he married me. That's right. Jen has no concept of a home for things. But my mom, too, said the same thing. It just didn't get maybe in there. Like I'm telling you this because my mom repeated this to me over and over and over and over. And what it did was got inside of me and formed who I am to this day. That's what it's saying. This was Moses conveying the Lord's instructions to the children of Israel. The first thing he says is, repeat them to your kids over and over and over again so it gets inside of your children so that when they go to school when they go to their jobs when they've grown up and they've gone to university and you're not watching over them every day every minute of their life they have their own thoughts and the words that you talk to them about God get so deep inside of them that they live their life by those values and those truths that they hold dear to themselves you know, and you might be in a season, well, I did this for my children. They're not serving for my child. They're not serving the Lord now. And you know what? In their darkest night, you know what they're going to be remembering? Yeah, that's right. That word of God is going to rise up inside of their heart at the right moment. And just to hold on to the hope that Jesus makes up the difference and that all is not lost. Your, ch- your child is not lost. That God, who found the one, will find your child. And at the appointed time, your child, those seeds are going to rise up and you will be, you will be able to say with, with, um, with um, victory, as for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Yeah, because here's the thing. Honestly, I've tried to go home and not put my things away. I'm really stuck on talking this for some yeah, reason. I don't know why. I've, tr- I've tried. <laughs> You're talking about like in the darkest moments. I've tried to go home and in my darkest moments, I've tried to be lazy and not be responsible and put my things away. And it works for like minutes. It works for minutes. And then something inside of me rises up and I have to go do what I know, the right thing that was engraved in me. The last thing I want to talk about real quick here is the word educate. So maintain. Everybody say. Yes. Oh, I didn't get to share. Can I share something? Well, yeah, go yeah, yeah. please. Okay, sorry. You kept talking about, you well, know, You started talking about the darkest nights. Yeah, and then... yeah, it's good. Um, I just wanted to share this because I think it's really important. I want to make sure because we'll probably be posting this for the podcast this service. But um, one of the greatest tools that we have, parents, for protecting our children is prayer. i say that again. One of the greatest weapons, the tools that we have as parents, as grandparents, okay, is great grandparents. We have great grandparents in the house is prayer. Okay. 
we need to fiercely, I'll say that again, we need to fiercely be vigilant to pray. And we need to be awake and alive to, the, to, um, to praying for our families every single day. Because like I already said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, parents, I would not be allowing my kid in 2023 to walk out of that threshold of my house where there's blood on the doorposts of my house, okay? I would not be allowing them to step out into the world any day without laying my hands on them and praying for them. Amen? Pleading the blood of Jesus over them. Praying grace over them. Declaring mercy over them. Praying healing and protection and, and all the prayers. And, and just quickly, some of the prayers, you might be taking notes today, but just a few easy verses to remember. One is Psalm 91. That's an easy one to have in your back pocket. Prayer of protection for your child, okay? Another one now as the kids are older, I'm praying uh, Ephesians 1 that um, that they would, uh, that God would give them the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they would know what the hope of their calling is in Christ Jesus. You know, we tell our kids, you can be anything you want to be. That's actually not true. They can be anything that God wants them to be. Amen. So that's why we have to be praying. Not that the hope that they have for their life, but, but God has a greater hope than they could even imagine. So we got to be praying for them so they're walking in illumination. Um, and then Ephesians 3 is that we want the will of God done in their life. Amen. We want the will of God done in our family. And prayer pray, paves the way. So another scripture that Paul prayed is that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will, with all spiritual wisdom and understanding, that my kids could walk in a manner that's pleasing to Jesus Christ each and every day of their life, and that they would be ever filled with the knowledge of his will. These are it's important. Never, never lose hope in your prayers. You know, that prayers, it's, it's never just falls to the ground. You know, even scientifically, if you know, like, words are just like echoes, your prayers go on and on and on and on. That God has heard every prayer. We must be vigilant to pray prayers over our children. Yeah, that's right. Um... Very good. Very well said. Thank you. You want to talk about <laughs> And also, when my mom said that. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, go with me to Proverbs chapter 22. And we're going to look at one last scripture. And the last word, so it was maintain, it was protect. And the last word here is educate. They're kind of all, they kind of all work together. They're kind of all different sides of the same thing. But there is a role that you are called to play as a parent that, that never ends, that never ceases. Once you become a parent, once you step into it, you're a parent for the rest of your life. And so the last one here, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, says, direct your children. This is the new living. Um, we have it in the New King James. Um, it says, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. The Passion Translation says it this way. Dedicate your children to God and point them in the way they should go. And the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. Amen. Dedicate your children to God and point them in the way they should go. And the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. You are setting your kids up for success in life. When you discipline them, when you teach them, when you instruct them, when you protect them, you are instilling values that will carry them through for the rest of your life. Listen, many parents today are just enduring. They're just saying to themselves, if I can just get through this next 10 years, if I can get through these two decades of having these kids at home, my kid is crazy. I don't know what's wrong with this kid. I don't know what happened to him. But if I can just make it to the end of this, and I can get him out of the house, and I can get rid of this minivan, and I can buy my sports car again, and I can go out to eat for every meal, I can do whatever I want, then everything's going to be okay. Don't just endure your time. Because it is a finite time that you have to help mold and shape these children into who God has called them to be. That's your role as a parent. You are stewarding these kids. Don't just pal around with them. Don't say, you know what? The best way that I can parent my kid is by being their best friend. That's fake news, guys. That's not the best way you can parent your kids. The best way you can parent your kid is by, by, by protecting them, by maintaining, making sure they're not failing, not, not, not falling into things, not declining. And to educate them about what the word of God says. This is how you parent your kids. This is how you raise them to be who God has called them to be. So don't just endure. Don't just say, oh my gosh, 
three more years. Don't have a massive calendar on your wall that you're marking off the dates and saying, my kid turns 18 on this day, and on day 18 and one of his life, I'm kicking him out because I need freedom. Don't just mark the days down. Don't just count them down. Enjoy those days. Embrace that time. Embrace the role of parenting, the God-given role that he has given you. It's a great honor. If you stop and think about it, it is a great honor that God has given you the kids that you have to steward them for him. Jen was talking about Samuel in the first service. And if you don't know Samuel, you can go read about Samuel in 1 Samuel. <laughs> go to the beginning. And there was a, a lady that couldn't have any kids. Yeah, Hannah, she couldn't have any kids. And so she said to God, if you will give me children, I will dedicate this child to you. And so she went and, and she had a baby and then she turned around and gave it back to the Lord. We are stewards of the kids that you have. Maybe the kid you have at home is absolutely driving you mental and you just can't handle anymore. You're going bonkers. You don't know which way to go. You don't know what to do. You don't know how you're supposed to navigate through this. But that child is a gift from you, That's right. from, from, from the Lord to you to steward and to raise them into who God has called them to be. He has entrusted you with them. You should be thanking him. You should be honored that he would choose you to help raise these kids. You know, and, and there's days, man. Like, I can remember one day in particular. I shared this at the, for in, in the first service. But, you know, Josiah, when Josiah was young, and I was a young mom, so I've always worked full time. And this was a Wednesday. Wednesdays were my day off. And, and I remember just sobbing and Jake walking through the door. And I'm like, don't you I can't raise this child on on my own. I just couldn't do it without you. You know, it's just I went through this phase where he lied about everything. He just lied, lied, lied. Everything. Everything. If it, if it literally happened in front of you, he'd say that didn't happen. I'm like, you just did it. In Little front Larry of lies me. a lot. <laughs> you know, being a young mom, you know, a young mom in my 20s, the same season that he was convinced that the devil lived in his heart and Jesus lived in the trees. Like, they just, he couldn't let it go. He is a McGrew. Once a McGrew gets something stuck in there, there's like no getting it out of there, you know? And I remember just like calling Jake's dad because he's always been our pastor. And I'm just like sobbing to him. I'm just sobbing through that whole season. And I call him and his dad's just laughing on the other end of the phone. I'm like, can you take this seriously? He's saying the devil lives in his heart. He's like, he'll be fine. I'm like, it's not fine. David he'll be fine baby because he's from the south Jake's dad's from the south you know we're all baby girls are all babies and and <laughs> anyway I'm not finding it funny you know um but you know is that you know you get through it you know and and looking you know what I would tell my younger self is is it like what Jake's saying enjoy the time and, and I would say this to parents in 2023 you might have to do less to enjoy more I'm going to say that again you might have to do less to enjoy more. Some of you aren't enjoying life because your schedule, your kids' schedules are so chocked full that everyone's just frustrated and there's anger in the home. You might need to start praying before you, before you just like lock up the schedule with this and sports and karate and like this. Oh, my kid hasn't tried this. They better do this and that and that. Why don't you try praying about it and, and you know, and asking the Lord what your kids should be in, what their future is supposed to be like, amen? So that your whole, not just you, but your family has capacity to, to grow up and be like Jesus. <laughs> right? Yes. You know, and some of that we've created ourselves, where we have tension and frustration between our kids because we did that to them That's because true. we let them do everything that they wanted and just saying, you know what? No, but maybe next season that we can do that, you know, yeah. because we, we got to lead, we got to lead our home spirit filled. Amen. That's right. And like I said before, is that we can be filled with the spirit, but we're not necessarily filled walking in the fruits of the spirit. And we're not actually leading with the spirit as parents, you know. So to enjoy, that was a word for somebody in the house. Maybe to enjoy more, you need to do less. Amen. And then just to add on to what he was saying about Hannah, I shared this in the 9 o'clock service, is how many parents you've dedicated your children, you know, whether it was in this house or another house, yeah. And just something that the Lord had told me in the 9 o'clock service, because I was thinking about Hannah dedicating Samuel back to the Lord, is that every day is dedication Sunday. Amen? 
that every day that we need to be awake and aware and alive to the fact that our children belong to Jesus, you know, and that we get to steward these amazing gifts, amazing anointings uh, from the Lord for such a time as this, amen, is that maybe we have to wake up before our children and be praying for them before they wake up, amen, instead of dragging our butts out of bed and be like, oh, it's another day, you know, and we're waking our kids up and we're like, okay, get up, God's got a plan for your life today, get up, God's got some anointing for you today, get up, we got to, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, get up and you're saying like that just sounds very utopian Uh uh-uh we can do that amen this if if God has man if I I gave there's a whole story there of me giving birth to Josiah that kid had to have been anointed with how he came into this world I literally shouted the name of Jesus as Josiah was born screaming more like the name of Jesus as Josiah came into this world but as you know these kids that I gave birth to these kids that the Lord has entrusted us with that we're anointed and graced to be their parents amen even on the worst day the hardest day we were still anointed and graced to be their parent even on your worst day and hardest day, moms and dads, you are anointed by the Spirit of God. You have been graced by God himself for such a time as this to parent your child. You do not have to be afraid of your child, amen, because the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart, amen. And sometimes when you're, when you're just going through it with your child, just walk away, lift your hands to the Lord, and just be like, just one moment, please. Pray in the spirit, do whatever you got to do. Lord, I just thank you for your grace. And then just come back with some wisdom. Come back with some Holy Spirit fire. Come back with some anointing. Come back with the scripture and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Amen. We can do this. And we can do this well. But in these day and age, you guys, this is no joke. This 2023, 2024, 2025 that we're walking into is that we have to be awake and alive and vigilant, full of the word of God and the spirit of God so that we can say boldly and with confidence, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah. Stand up with me. This is about, um, this is a, what's that? This is about raising godly generations. This is about a legacy. This is about one generation declaring the goodness of God to the next And it's going to take all of us. It's going to take grandparents. It's going to take parents. It's going to take almost parents. It's going to take one-day parents. It's going to take parent friends. It's going to take all of us to raise up people who have their own foundation, their own revelation, and their own understanding of who God is to them. Amen? What I want to do is I want to pray with you real quick. And and, um, before I do, is your microphone still working? One man band you're, here. You're disheveled. We're, you're I'm one man. There, guys. I'm getting there. <laughs> I want to take a moment and let's, um, I'm going to pray and then we'll sing that song again. Is that okay? That song. Yes. The I family know. song. You know what song I'm talking about. Next week we're going to talk about marriages. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about it together. Oh. This is new, guys. <laughs> Here's what I want to do. Listen, I understand that parenting is hard. Like, does anybody feel like parenting is hard? It's challenging. Yeah, it's challenging. It's challenging. But I want to tell you that there is grace for it. That there is grace, there is anointing, that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth and all wisdom. And he will help you be the parent that you need to be for your children. And maybe you do have nuts, kids. Let's be real. Maybe you do. But, you know, we sing and we say all the time, the name of Jesus is above every other name. And so he can help you navigate that. He can give you the grace. He can give you the wisdom to help lead those kids back to where they need to be. He can help you when your child has asked you a thousand times for the same thing and you're so tired of saying no that you just want to say yes just to get your kid to shut up. Anybody been there? He'll give you the strength to keep saying no to lead your kid where your kid needs to go. 
And so I want to pray for you in this place. I want, let's just close our eyes and let's just take a moment. And if you are here and, and parenting is hard for you and you've had hard seasons and, and maybe you feel like I'm at the end of my parenting rope. I don't want to parent this kid anymore. I'm tired. This kid's wearing me down. He's wearing me out. I'm frustrated. I'm annoyed. And honestly, if I'm being really truthful, maybe some days I don't even like who this kid is because they're just always on me. I want to pray for you right now because I believe the Spirit of God wants to come and bring a refreshing, to bring a renewing and a re-strengthening so that we can continue to raise godly children, even in 2023, who will be lights in the dark places, who will stand up in their schools, who will stand up in their universities, who will stand up in their jobs and declare the goodness of God. So if you're here and you say, I need strength, I, Holy Spirit, I need some renewing in my own life so that I can continue to lead these kids well, I just want you to raise your hands and we're gonna pray together right now because there is grace in every season. Whatever season of parenting you're in. And before I pray, maybe you're here and you're not a parent yet, but you're afraid of being a parent because of how you were raised. The Spirit of God wants to work in you today too and you can raise your hand because there's a grace to walk into all God has called you to be. The command of God is to be fruitful and multiply so His desire is that we raise godly children. So with those hands raised up, we're gonna pray together and we're gonna watch God work and move in your life. Holy Spirit, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus and I just ask that you begin to move all across this room Father, I ask that by your spirit, you are renewing, that you are reviving, that you are re-strengthening us to continue to lead this next generation well. God, that they're not gonna be a generation that is lost or lawless or just is afraid of the word no and nobody can tell them no, but God, they're gonna be a generation, we are gonna raise a generation by your grace and by your power and by your strength that knows you, that serves you, that surrenders to you, that bows their knee to you and to no one else. And Father, I ask right now by your Holy Spirit that you are blowing all across this place, reviving and refreshing, renewing and re-strengthening so that we can be the parents you have called us to be. Whether it's our grandkids or our kids or our young babies, Father, I just thank you right now that your spirit is recharging us, that where our energy levels are low, where we are tired and wore down, where we just wanna sit on the couch and say to our kids, do whatever you want, I don't care, I'm so tired. God, I thank you that you are filling us up with your spirit to continue to lead them in your ways and in your truth and in your righteousness. Amen. Father, we thank you for all these things Jesus. in your son's mighty name. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And together we all said, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.